back to the Being Forces Friendly podcast, a monthly podcast where we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Hello and a very warm welcome to this special episode of the Being Forces Friendly podcast, which follows hot on the heels of the virtual 2021 Partnering with Defence Conference. My name is Neil Jackson, universally known as Jacko, and I'm the Director of Defence Relationship Management. And I have the privilege of leading the team who delivers the Employer Engagement Programme on behalf of the Ministry of Defence. And today is a very special episode as we are joined by Colonel Dane Kelly Holmes. To name but a few of her achievements, Dane Kelly is an Olympic, World, Commonwealth and European multi-medalist, a Dane Commander and MBE for services to the military, winner of Sports Personality of the Year, European and World Athlete of the Year, and an honorary colonel in the British Army. She is also an author, podcast host, and is passionate about raising awareness of mental health. And here today, she was this year's Partnering with Defence Conference keynote speaker. Welcome, Dame Kelly. Thank you so much, thank you. Uh, you've just finished speaking at the conference today, the Partnering with Defence Conference, which was virtual this year, um, obviously because of COVID. Uh, perhaps you could start by just telling us a little bit about what you spoke about today. Yes, of course. Um, first, I was honoured to speak there. And I just gave an overview of my time in the military. Uh, I joined the Women's Royal Army Corps in 1998. Uh, then I talked about the transition through to another career as a physical training instructor, then on to the integration of that in my international athletics career. And then what the transition was from uh, those two very long careers into civilian life and also how I've utilised some of the skills learned through both of my careers to help me in present day. And then I finally spoke around uh, mental health awareness and the importance of us talking about it and putting things in place to support people. Yeah, I mean, you were fantastically honest on the, uh, on the conference about uh, the mental health issues. And I know it's very close to you, but um, you, you do, I think, uh, if I'm correct, um, have a trust which is working that area, is that right? Um, so the trust I started in 2008 to help disadvantaged young people in areas of deprivation, um, we utilize the skill sets of retired and retiring sports people. And it isn't about a sport outcome, but we use sport as the analogy to um, support them. So again, discipline, courage, determination, resilience, similar values to the army, of course. And um, I started that trust really with the premise of knowing that in my life, I had one person, my PE teacher, who could tell me I could be good and believe in me. And I wanted that to be the premise for helping other young people. We're now uh, 13 years old and helped over 400,000 young people around the UK wow. and transition the lives of 750 plus athletes. That's amazing. I, I, you know, and it is often, I think, the role model piece. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, a teacher at school who really supported you. Um, I, I, when you were selected um, to run for Great Britain, were you still in the army at that time? Uh, yes, I was. And did that present any particular challenges to you? Um, so when I got selected, actually, to run for Great Britain, it was off the back, I was competing for the army and in the inter-services. And then uh, it was suggested that maybe I'd do a civilian national championships. 
So I went, and this was in 1993, I went to uh, this uh, national championships and was just told to chase after the girls there. I was as announced as Corporal Holmes. So everyone was just sort of looking at me thinking like, who's this? And I had no idea who anyone was. I was fearless. I didn't really care. I just thought I'll run. I ended up running, winning, qualifying for the world championships and on a flight to Stuttgart. But at the time, and in my era of then, you couldn't just get given time off to go and do sports. So uh, I used to use my leave to go away and compete. And I'm actually proud that I say that because for me, that cemented my, I think the value I had through the army, but when I got my MBE for services to the military, I know it was off of the fact that I was also now becoming world well known, but I literally never ever didn't do a guard duty or my role because I used my leave to go away. So yeah, I was competing. In fact, I won a Commonwealth Games gold, a European silver, two world championship med uh, medals and come forth with a stress factor, unfortunately, at the 1996 Olympic Games also while I was serving. That's amazing. I, 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 you know, and, and, and keeping on that, if you, if you would, you know, what was it that inspired you to join the army in the first place? Well, back then we had the recruitment offices in your town. So I live in Kent and Tunbridge Wells had a recruitment office and they came to my school in Tunbridge uh, to showcase the Navy, the Air Force and the Army. I couldn't swim when I was 14. So showing ships at sea was kind of not really going to tick the boxes or float the boat. <laughs> uh, I, take and the, swim, I take it you can swim now, though, is that... Yeah, I'm not a great swimmer. I mean, I was forced to swim in the army, of course. I mean, what people don't, I'll have to tell you the story in a minute, but um, I, then the Air Force, they didn't show flying the planes, they showed the administration side, so I was like, no. Yeah. And then they showed the soldiers uh, screaming and shouting at all the other soldiers that were underneath the scramble nets over the 12-foot wall. I was like, yes, I wanted to be both. I wanted to be the one getting down dirty, but the one also... Like screaming and shouting, but also I felt like that person had power. They were leading. They were getting people to be their best. And so I did that. So when I actually joined, uh, going back to the swimming, you had to do 25 metres to pass one of the tests of, in basic training. And I doggy paddled the whole way. And I got out the end, I had an afro hair, got out the end like a drowned rat. And they just said, you just doggy paddled the whole way. And I said, well, you didn't tell me how to swim. You just told me how to get from A to B. And that's how I, I passed. <laughs> You've been doing that phenomenally on the track ever since, haven't you? So, I mean, I'd say, so, you know, maybe there was some lesson learned there. In terms of, in terms of that, though, also, um, when you left um, the army and the challenges that you'd had of competing in your leave, which is, you know, amazing, really, uh, nowadays, um, how, how, how easy did you find that transition from the military out into the civilian workforce? Um, I think in one way, I was quite fortunate because I had the athletics. So I had that as a focus and it was hard because when you're, I was then focusing 100% in sport and actually then I felt I was getting a bit bored, um, even though I was racing at the highest level. Um, when I got injured and things that impacted me more than it did when I was in the military, because of course, you know, if I got injured in athletics, I still had a job and a role to play in the army. So it just took your mind off of it while you were getting over the problem. Whereas when I was a full-time athlete, not having the camaraderie 
um, kind of, you know, something to do and something to kind of be proud of. It became quite hard. Um, and then also, it's a massive risk, you know, I was losing a secure income. Uh, I obviously had responsibilities as a leader um, and that you feel a little bit like you're losing control of all of those things and you become a bit of a product because you're just sort of running around a track. But I was fortunate, I think, at that stage that I had athletics. If I'd just gone from the army to the big wide world of, you know, trying to find a job, I don't think I would have coped with it that much because I didn't cope with it much after I retired from athletics, let alone if it had just been after the army. And indeed, you know, you've got a fantastically successful commercial um, career now um, as well. I suppose, you know, you had a number of transitions, but transitioning from the sporting career into the commercial um, world, I suppose that brought its own challenges as well. Um, it really did because I suppose the, the, the biggest part is that you lose a sense of who you are when you become almost like a product of your success and people then want you to do a range of things for them and of course that's nice and yes it's you know of course it's it's bringing in income it you know you kind of do opportunities that you would never get yeah. but when you've had long careers and you've been so focused on what that means to you and how that makes you feel and having that purpose and direction when you then don't have or feel like you've got your own purpose and don't feel like you've got direction anywhere. No one's giving you your expectations. No one's telling you what you should be doing when you should be doing it. Suddenly your structure just goes so out the window that if I found it extremely hard to find who I was again, because I was always looking for that one big thing that's gonna give me direction and purpose. And it never really came because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I think that's a challenge for everybody um, and it certainly was a challenge for me even being a world famous athlete. I mean I, I, I echo that I, I mean I left the um, the army uh, about nine years ago now mm -hmm. and um, and it's a family it's uh, it was a, 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 from my yeah. personal perspective the way I found it was it was almost like being 18 again in <laughs> that you you know you leave a family and then suddenly you're in this same space where you've got to find a job yeah. uh, you've got to um, find a place to live You've got to feed yourself. Uh, you've got to have that discipline, but also you bounce around things until you find the fit that, that is there for you, which of course a lot of 18 year olds do. They, they go into one role, spend a few months doing that or 18 months, a couple of years, they bounce around two or three times. And I yeah. certainly found, I, I found that a challenge as well. And I think that's where um, on, the, on the conference, you were, you were really um, uh, clear about the, the resilience but also you picked up on one of the core values of integrity for you, um, which is, you know, which is something that I think if you're true to yourself, you can be pretty much true to everything that you want to go into. And as long as you go into something that you enjoy, um, then usually things would float to the top. Is that something that um, you know, resonates with you perhaps a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I think if you, you know, I mean, we all have our own, we all, we all have something that we, you know kind of enjoy or would love to do or you know actually you know if even if it's not something we've done before have an interest in but then of course you've got to you've got to kind of have some reason for you know wanting to continue that to learn about it to go through 
a period of transition to find out if you you know if it's good for you as well as it will be good for other people having you in there and sometimes you don't know if it is you might just think oh why don't I you know someone might just open your eyes to a opportunity in another role or another job and if you can't if you're not at position at that time to know what you want you might go oh yeah I'll give it a go but I think very easily people that have been in military when they give it a go they very much know that it's not right for them very quickly and could probably go that's not for me whereas other people would stay in that role and hate it and just feel despondent and think I'm stuck where I think one of the values I find like I know that I do things I'm so passionate about them I always want to see an end result so like when I started my charity I had no one I mean no one teaches you how to start a charity where's where's the rule book yeah I just decided (laughs) that's what I wanted to do and I was lucky that the um what it was going to do was so much passion that I had about helping other people and given an opportunity for someone to change that's why we're still going ahead if I'd gone in there and just said I'm going to do a charity use my name and I didn't really care about the cause it would have lasted a year or two you know so I think it's always about you know having that inner understanding of who you actually are I think is really important that people start to find their feet and understand you know what value you do have because we all have a value somewhere um and the integrity bit comes I suppose from if somebody gave me an opportunity let's say in my world now to get good money for some brand and say it was like cigarettes or something like that if I put my name to that then I've lost all of my integrity and values because I don't smoke and obviously it wouldn't be something that me being in the fitness world would I would go and promote so why would I put my name there just because of the opportunity I know what's right to do and what's wrong to do and why I would do something for the value part and the you know uh commitment to supporting that cause or my integrity wouldn't allow me to do something that wasn't right well, um, James Kelly, that's um, that's amazing. I think for someone that has spoken so openly about mental health issues and is now doing such fantastic work to help others uh, in that space, your strength um, of 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 character, your strength of self worth, and I think your your understanding of the fact that some people just probably have that inside; they just need it to be drawn out a bit, and giving them the opportunity to do that, I think, is 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 phenomenal. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you um, today. Uh, thank you for being our keynote speaker at the Partnering with Defence Conference. Um, it, it was, it was uh, uh, inspirational and you continue to inspire um, uh, thousands and on the back of this, probably thousands more. Um, Jane Kelly, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. If you don't want to miss out on next month's episode, then hit the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening.